there and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published, and I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between the highs, the lows, and the fuck me, this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way, this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Welcome back to Unleash Your Creative Magic. And I've just got to say that tonight the seagulls are up-levelling. They're having a full-on rave. I've tried to wait as late as I can, hoping they'd all bugger off, but no, absolutely not. They are holding what can only be described as the seagull chorus right outside. So I'm apologising now for my unruly friends and their incredibly bad manners. So how is everyone? We're out of isolation, so I'm back at work and running around after everyone again. I'm not going to lie, it was really nice while it lasted. I managed a grand total of 16,000 words whilst I was grounded, taking my total of the novel up to now to 31,000 words. And hopefully I'm going to make my deadline this time without the usual stress and drama. Wouldn't that be nice for you and for me, especially for me? It's funny how some stories are hard work to write and have you tearing your hair out and others seem to flow and write themselves. Thankfully, this up to now is one of those that is flowing. But writing can be such an up and down process, as well as a brilliant one. So last week I touched on what I actually did to try and get myself a publishing contract. And if this is the way you want to go, then I hope you found listening to it came in useful. Networking is an invaluable tool when it comes to finding your dream agent or publisher. And... I would suggest following them on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook and signing up for their newsletters so you can see what sort of things are selling and what's happening in the publishing world. Which leads me on to indie publishing, or better known as self-publishing, which is literally doing it all yourself, with a little help from your friends. And this is where you can save yourself the heartache and years of rejections by putting your work directly onto Amazon, Kobo, Google etc. yourself. And you have no need to worry about those rejection slips coming back. Your work can be out there for your readers as soon as you think it's ready. But that's the big question, isn't it? Is your work ready? And by ready, I mean, do you have a story that makes sense? Does it flow and hit the right spots? Are your readers going to enjoy your story? And by the end of it, have that satisfying feeling that finishing a good book gives? Of course they are. Who do you think you're talking to? What a cheek, my story is perfect, you're saying to yourself. And it may just be perfect, but how do you make sure that you're putting quality work out there for your readers? I'm going to share with you a little tale of the last book I indie published. Grab yourself a coffee or a stiff gin and listen in. It's a bit of a horror story. And I hope and I open it so that you're aware of the pitfalls that you can come across when you take control yourself. Once upon a time... Do you see what I did there? There was a published writer who decided she'd really like an agent. 
So she queried a very successful agent at an agency that was very highly sought after. The agent emailed back and said, she would be very interested to read a story that she had written this writer, if it fit what she was looking for. So far, so good. The only problem was, I was only inquiring. I didn't actually have a story to send to her because I was still contracted to my publishers. But I had this itch that I get every couple of years, this yearning to prove to myself I had what it takes to get an agent. I wanted more than anything to see my book on the Sunday Times bestseller list. It's my ultimate goal, and I knew to achieve this I was going to need an agent and a traditional book deal that would see my paperbacks in bookshops. And I have had this, I've seen my books in shops and it is marvellous. But I wanted more, don't we always? In essence, she asked, how long it would take me to write a gothic-style thriller that was a bit haunted house but not actually a haunted house. And I think I foolishly replied, I can't get my words out, sorry, a couple of months. She said, fab, crack on with it and send me the story when it's done. Now, I was ecstatic, like buzzing. And again, I never told anyone because sometimes your goals are just for you alone. But I began writing a story I called The Hall and I really loved it. Set in a crumbling Victorian mansion, I do like old mansions, by Lake Thirlmere, and it was loosely inspired by the story of a once grand mansion that had been submerged underwater called Amboth Hall by Lake Thirlmere. I loved this story. It was one of those that just flowed. They do happen quite often. And to my utter surprise, I did get it written in around 10 weeks. Then I read it over and I sent it off to the agent, who came back with, Thanks so much again for sending me the haul. I had a chance to read it over the weekend, and there was so much to love here. You're clearly a very talented writer, and it was an incredible read for me. But I wasn't sure that it had that standout hook, or element that I would be able to champion with a publisher, and it fell a little in between genres. As I'm sure you know, the thriller market is so tough. And for me, I wanted more of an elevated gothic feel to the house, which didn't quite come through. Now, I read this reply and was absolutely thrown. She had asked for a gothic ghost story that wasn't a ghost story. And I was convinced that I'd managed to pull this off. And let me tell you, it's not easy writing a ghost story that isn't a ghost story. And I'm not saying that my story was amazing or that she should have snapped my hand off. But what I'm saying is that I honestly don't think she was quite sure of what she wanted either. I thanked her and spent a couple of hours pondering over this. She had said that it fell between genres. Again, this is something that happened with the first book. But she had stated before I wrote it, she didn't want a full-on ghost story. Are you confused yet? Because I certainly was. This was my last effort to secure an agent because I'd spent a lot of time working on this book as well as writing the one to fulfil my contract and I was all written out. Thankfully, I had my wonderful writing gang to cheer me up and lift me out of the funk it sent me in. It seemed that the dream of a Sunday Times bestseller list was so far away, I was going to need the Hubble telescope to even see a flicker of it. So I decided I'd self-publish it. It seemed such a shame to let it sit in a drawer and fester. So this is what I did. I asked writing friends which editors they'd used. And I also sent it to my lovely friend Jo Bartlett to have a read through and see what she thought. And if you check out the Amazon Top 100, you will see two of Jo's books flying high and I couldn't be any prouder. Jo said she thought it was a great story and gave me some advice. 
Then I looked for an editor because whilst I didn't feel as if it needed a full-on overhaul, it did need a once-over to pick out any glaring faults and errors, etc. So off it went to an editor and came back with not too much that needed sorting out. Fab, I thought, this is really easy. I had a cover designed by the fabulous Gina at Rosewolf Design and if you ever need a cover, then I highly recommend Gina. She's super fast, super talented and just lovely to work with and her covers are out of this world. Then I thought that it would need a proofread because I'm crap at this part and I saw a special offer on an editor's page who a few of my writer friends had used and recommended for a manuscript proofread which sounded ideal. I paid my money up front and sent my manuscript off and waited. It came back and I was so excited to finally get this story out there for my readers. I had a couple of friends read through it before I went through the process of uploading it directly onto Amazon Kobo and I also used um, Drafter Digital who for a small percentage upload your books onto lots of independent sites where readers can buy your book. I'll leave the the links for that in the notes. I was buzzing. It was so nice knowing that this story was going to be given the life I thought it deserved. I uploaded it. I sent emails out to my mailing list and I put posts up on social media all over. And I sat back and felt very proud. This indie stuff is quite good. Then after a while, a review came in that was particularly harsh. Okay, it was scathing from a reader in the US. And it really slated the story saying that one of the main characters changed name halfway through and basically what a waste of money this story was because of the terrible editing. Now, can I just say this is quite a lengthy book and I was only charging 99p, so she wasn't really ripped off. Still, she was upset. Not as upset as me, though. I was horrified, like mortified. Surely not. I'd had it edited and then a different editor had looked at it. So how had this happened? I rushed to have a look and yes, there it was, as clear as mud on page 218. Andy had morphed into Martin. There was also a few typos that had snuck in there and a plot point that needed a little attention. Now I have the world's most adorable, amazing readers who are loyal and read everything I write and one of them actually messaged me to say she thought this was my best book yet, bless her. Thank God for the kind people of the world who can forgive the little typos and huge cock-ups. I dithered over this for a few days because I was so embarrassed. I didn't want to give my readers a less than perfect story. And I asked my writing friends what I should do because it was already out there for the world to see. And some of the world had bought it. I ended up taking the book down after a bit of deliberation because I felt terrible that such a stupid mistake had slipped through the net after so many rounds of edits and proofreads. And is this the end of this awful story you might be thinking? Well, for now it is. My lovely friend, the best-selling writer Jessica Redland, took a look at it for me and went through it pointing out any glaring errors, which have now been corrected. And I could put it back up, because Andy is no longer Martin, but I've decided to hang on and see if my publishers would like a stab at it, so it's currently with Emily. The moral of this story are asking yourself. Make sure you check your work for glaring errors before you self-publish it. You need to have your story edited and if you can't do this professionally, have you got somebody you know who is really good at English and loves reading? Sometimes this can be enough. You may be an excellent at English and have a master's degree in it, but it's still worth having another set of eyes take a look at your work to avoid all of the above cock-ups. So for me, the positives of indie publishing are 
You can write whatever story you want. If you want to write a werewolf meets a poltergeist and has an affair with a wolf, then you can. There is absolutely nothing stopping you. The world is your oyster. You get to choose your own cover and title, and this, my lovely listeners, has to be the biggest appeal for me. Obviously, choosing a title is almost as difficult as writing the book, but at least you know that it's yours, and you can have whatever the fuck you want. As a writer with a publisher, I do like the book covers my stories are given, but they are usually not at all what I envisage, or think actually matches my story. But you literally get no say in it, so you get what you're given and that's kind of it. You work to your own schedule when you indie publish, and if you want to publish your story on October the 31st, which is my all-time favourite publication day, then you can, you're not restricted to the date you're given. You can leave in all the bits you think are literary works of art. There's no one to cut out your swathes of prose that you have worked so hard on. And you can choose how much to charge for your novel. And you get 70% of the royalties instead of the usual industry standards which range from 25p to 45p per book sold. The downsides to indie publishing are all those bits of literary prose that you might actually love might not be so wonderful after all and an editor would put you right in that direction. You could spend longer choosing an appropriate title than you actually did write in the story. It's really tough. You have to market it all yourself and this is where you need to pull up your big girl pants and not be afraid to promote yourself. I think us writers downplay our achievements far too much and especially the British We seem to have this huge problem telling people about our books and products or whatever it may be that you create and sell. Love it or hate it, you're going to have to make a concerted effort to post on social media if you want to make any sales. You're going to have to take the time to build an email list because they help a lot. And I'm rubbish at sending emails out. I always mean to, but I never get around to it. But after all is said and done, there is something innately satisfying about doing it all yourself and hitting the publish button on your chosen platforms. Seeing your work of heart up there is such a satisfying thing, and I'm only touching on a tiny part of the process. There are amazing writers out there living the writing dream with their indie titles. Another one of my gorgeous writing friends, Sharon Booth, indie publishes all her books, and they are so um, well-received and so much loved. She's absolutely fabulous. LJ Ross, Rachel Abbott and Adam Croft are hugely successful with sales that we can only dream about, which is proof enough that if they can do it, you can do it too. And Adam Croft runs the Indie Author Mindset over on Facebook, where there is a wealth of information and advice for anyone pursuing this route. The Alliance of Independent Authors is a fabulous organisation that you can join, and I'll post the links for all of these in the show notes. Something to think about for this week so whatever you're doing keep safe take care and get writing if you'd like to check out my credentials to see if i know what i'm talking about then head over to my amazon page and if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives then head over to the unleash your creative magic facebook group i'll paste the links in the show notes thank you so much for listening i honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode where i'll dive into the process of how i wrote my first book Until next time, take care.